another episode of Mike Up, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home in your office could be in Yellowstone. 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Great to be in here again today in the call-in app. Thank you guys for joining us. Mellow, myself, and Big Country joining me today, too, as long as he remembers to take himself off mute. Yeah, uh, I think the mic is working today. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Is this thing, on? thing on? There we go. <laughs> Look at us. Look at figuring us. it out. Figuring Love it. it. Love Glad to be back for day two. lot to get into. It's going to be an exciting show. It, it definitely is. And the great world of college football that I love so dearly is giving us all the content. All the content all the time. And again, last night we have one of the big coaching vacancies. Phil, uh, we go from, I mean, this week alone is crazy. I know we talked about it yesterday. But we've had USC USC filled on on Sunday. Sunday. Then we had LSU filled, and now Notre Dame already filling their head coaching spot. And it seems like a lot of the fans and the players are very excited about this. I'm kind of of on the fence, but I really like Marcus Freeman. Mm -hmm. He's a damn good defensive coordinator. Your first head coaching experience is now at Notre Dame. Good luck. There's going to be a lot of pressure there. I do like the coordinator, though. We'll see how he does. And last night we saw offensive coordinator Tommy Reese also agreed to stay. It did sound like this was was a a little bit of a partner deal where, where, okay, okay, if one stays, the other will stay on as the defensive coordinator. And Marcus Marcus Freeman, the guy who has a little bit more experience, he was set up to be the highest paid defensive coordinator in college football next year, I think, Mm -hmm. because either he was going to leave and go to LSU and get paid there as a D coordinator. Or I do think that if they would have given this job to Luke Fickle, he would have made him the highest paid defensive coordinator uh, to stay at Notre Dame. But now he's going to get paid a lot of money to be the head coach at Notre Dame. There have been a lot of guys uh, in talk. I do wonder if this had something to do with the college football playoff committee and their statements that they made about, yeah, losing your coach really affects how you're going to be ranked. Well, now you have a coach, you have some continuity there because he's already been with the program. So I do think that this maybe it was a little bit of a, we don't want to wait around for Luke Fickle in Cincinnati, but they also might think that they have their guy in Marcus Freeman. Yeah. And I like the, the thought process of like, this is a way for Notre Dame with the, with the coordinators and the players to just kind of unite together and go, Hey, we're going to go take care of business ourselves. This guy wanted to leave. He wanted to go to, you know, a better, a bigger school, a better program, however you worded it to, you know, the SEC, the best conference in the world, which the truth is there. It is. But, but you guys, guys now have an opportunity to kind of unite, unite together and go, let's go do something special. You know what I mean? Like you have something where you're all focused on it, which, of course, that's the motive of the entire season as it is. But watching Thomas Reed's, uh what was it, his speech last night to the players, I watched it right before we hopped on. And it was like, yeah, if I'm a player on offense, knowing that my coach is coming back, saying that he wants to be there, I just wish he would have had a mic and just done a whole like, I'm not fucking leaving. Did you see his like, tweet? Full Wolf of Wall Street. He he tweeted that. Did he really? Yep. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he did a quote tweet um, of his speech. And he did. He got in front of the, the players, had a team meeting, and did. He poured his heart out there. He's a Notre Dame guy. He played at Notre Dame. So I, I definitely understand him not wanting to leave there. But he did quote tweet that video that's kind of viral now, now with the, the gif of Wolf of Wall Street and like mm-hmm. the I'm not leaving thing. And it is good. And I'm glad they are staying uh, 
I know, I know a lot, lot of people are looking at Brian Kelly now. There were so many stories about him. And even one that we were talking about off air the other night was the story of Robert Sala and uh, LaFleur, mm-hmm. who used to be assistants under Brian, Brian Kelly at Central Michigan. There was a story that came out about how they had to shovel snow at a party. And I saw one of them even came out yesterday and was talking about how, like, that was kind of taken out of context. Uh, like, it was Robert they, Sala. Yeah. I mean, they actually knew what they were getting into. It wasn't just like, hey, come over for a Christmas party or whatever it was. It was probably more like a, hey, come over, do this. Here's, Here's a way to earn a couple extra bucks. bucks. You're going to park, park cars. cars. You're going to shovel some snow. snow. Help me out here. Okay, that makes sense. And, and yeah. I guess you can't really say that. It could, are you allowed to do that as a coach? Then? Were you allowed to? It's, if it's a GA, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. a player, so. Okay. I, mean, I kind of read it as one of those deals where it's like, I mean, how could this be taken out of context? It's right there in the story. You guys invited the party, and the only thing you did was shovel snow. I think the way that they the people were trying to pass it off was that they were invited to the – they thought they were invited as guests ah, to the party. Okay. But so they come reality, in and, like, dressed up, and it's like, actually, you're outside. Right, yeah, like, showed okay. up in, like, a nice Christmas sweater. You're ready to – have dinner, have, have some, some drinks, drinks, and then he puts your ass to work. <laughs> I think they probably knew what was going to be going on. Or maybe they just knew, like, hey, we're going to park cars for the party. Yeah. And, and then they, they ended up, up having to shovel some snow or something, something like that. But, but I mean, there's, there's a lot, lot of talk about Brian, Brian Kelly and, and, how, and how he's a terrible person or not, not, not a nice, nice person. person. I, I think I, that he, he, he left that, that, that team in a, in a bad shape in a bad way of, like, the – the video got leaked too of like the seven minute goodbye. The yeah. four minute goodbye. Yeah, yeah, that was not good. Not um, to be Mr. Correct you, but like it was kind of one of those deals over like, where else what else do you want him to do? Like he, he realizes everyone's already pissed at him. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not really like pick, you know, Coach Kelly's side or pick like the players on the damn side. It's more just in the middle of like what do we want this guy to do? Come in with this giant apology, like I'm so sorry. He's like, no, he made a decision. It's better for him and his family. That's a dream opportunity. He's getting paid a hundred million dollars. If someone came right here and said, Austin, I'll give you a hundred million dollars uh-huh. to go do a show with someone else. <laughs> you leave mic'd up right now. You walk out the door. I'll give you one hundred million dollars. Here's the thing, though. I'm I sorry, honestly, but I'm gone. <laughs> I would say no, probably. <laughs> like, I, I might, I'll split it in half. Mel can have some. We'll go. <laughs> yeah, I got to take my defense coordinator with me. Uh, but yeah, because I'm going to leave on better stipulations. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Is, yeah, it would be hard. It would be hard if you're Kelly. And he said in his speech, like, I've been here for twelve years. I'm ready for a new challenge. I'm ready for something different with, you know, more expectations there. And it even kind of seemed like I know I said yesterday too, but my mic wasn't necessarily working. So I don't know if you heard it in the background or not, but it's more of just like the SEC is different. It's on another level. Like you, you have the best. It means more there. It really does. And as crazy as that sounds, like maybe it doesn't at Notre Dame. And I know it's like, well, Notre Dame's a football school, like the Golden Domes. Like we know that, but the SEC, I just feel like it has so much more meaning there. And, he, like, again, the money talks. Like, it is in this situation. But, like I said at the beginning of the show here with Notre Dame, this is an opportunity for everyone to unite and go, screw this guy, like, use that as your fuel, and go win and add if you get in the college football playoff. Yeah, and I do think – I don't think they can get in. I just don't see a way where they yeah. can. I even think that with the committee, if Oklahoma State wins, they're going to be – well, like, going through the whole scenario of it, Alabama has to lose mm-hmm. in order for any of those teams to get in. And if Alabama loses in a close game, I still think it's going to be hard for Oklahoma State to get in. I think it's going to be damn near impossible for Notre Dame to get in. If you, so if Notre Dame – excuse me, not Notre Dame. If Alabama loses close 
to Georgia in the SEC championship game, you think they still have a chance of getting in? Yeah, I do. They're Alabama. Man. Yeah, but like they almost lost to Auburn too, though. So yeah, like, it doesn't that, matter though. Yeah, <laughs> Other teams have losses too, though. Like Cincinnati, if they win, they're in. Michigan, if they win, they're in. Mm-hmm. I, still I still think, think that Alabama can lose and get in, though. That would be annoying. I mean, and even if Oklahoma State loses this weekend as well to Baylor, and we're going to preview some of uh, these championship games too, but if Oklahoma State loses, Alabama would get in over them. Notre Dame's not playing this weekend, and they did lose their head coach. I know that everybody's very excited about Marcus Freeman. They did lose their head coach, though. Yeah. So I do think that Alabama is, is probably going to get in if – some of these other teams. I don't want them to, but I also, in the back of my mind, I think it could happen. And it wouldn't surprise me. And if we're honestly looking at it, like I just said, I don't really want Alabama to get in. But the committee isn't looking at resumes anymore. It's who are the four best teams. Yeah. It's really hard for me to look at Alabama and say, no, you are not one of the four best teams in college football. Last time I checked, Nick Saban's still there. He, he, that carries a lot of weight. Just him being your head coach. And I get that, but at the same time, it's like you're a two-loss team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, just, like, that's, that's just how I see it. It's like it's a two-loss team and you're Alabama. You played close to Auburn. You almost lost that game. Like, come on. I I get it, but I, I, I can go either way on that argument, too, because you know other teams out there. Uh, Ohio, Ohio State's, State's a two-loss team. team. Oregon, there's, there's a lot of them. I do think the Alabama would be the best two-loss team, but there are a lot of good one-loss teams as well. And I do. I worry a little bit about what's going to happen with Michigan and Oklahoma State. I don't think it's as simple as, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to get in. I also do like the way that Luke Fickle is handling his Cincinnati situation because it is really cool to see a guy say, like, no, I could jump to the bigger job. I could put my name out there for LSU or Notre Dame, but I want to take care of What's happening, happening at Cincinnati? Cincinnati. So, so I, I, I do like, like that. I appreciate that from Luke Fickle. I also, I also uh, we uh, talked about it a little, little bit yesterday. yesterday. I, I worry about hiring a coordinator to take over such a big program. And I did look into it a little bit of like, hey, you know, who are the guys that have done this before? And immediately remember, like, well, Lincoln Riley did it. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Because my thought on that is, wouldn't that be if it's a coordinator that's already there involved in the program? Cause like they've been a part of the recruiting. They understand like the direction of the program. They just get to kind of put their own little spin on it. Once they officially get the job, if they do. So would that not be better for Notre Dame to do that instead of bringing an outside guy? It could be uh, you know, uh, like I said, Lincoln Riley did this at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I don't, I don't know because Lincoln Riley was there for a while. Marcus, Marcus Freeman has been there for a year. Yeah. I think it would, it's that's, going to be a that's little a good point for him, though, because it is like, okay, we're going to do a lot of the same things that we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Schedule probably going to stay pretty much the same because, I mean, he was learning under Brian Kelly to be a head coach. But there have been a lot of other successful guys that have done it. Dabo Sweeney was one that did it at Clemson. Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Ryan Day at Ohio State. So, so I, I almost, almost have, have to go, go back, back and, and kind of change my way of thinking. Like, okay, this has actually been successful at big program. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we've seen guys do it with um, Nick Saban in Alabama, Alabama, be coordinators there, and then go on to be head coaches. Guys like Dan Mullen, Charlie Strong, hopefully Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> yeah, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Uh, still holding out for that one. I hope that it, it But, I mean, you know what this shows me? I just got to wait till I'm 33. Millionaire. Well, I'm 34. Well, so 
I did have I did an Instagram live the other day, and people were one of the replies. One of the questions was, uh, "When are you going to put your hat back into the coaching ring?" I think my junior high coaching experience is probably going to keep me out of it. But I did take a piss next to Sean McVay once at the Senior Bowl. That's right. I shook Andy Reid's hand. So maybe there's and I made eye contact with Sean McVay several times. Yeah. So it's like he sees. So I think maybe down the road we have a chance. Yeah. Just wait for one of these guys to mess up again. We're there. It's like, I mean, Mike Mayock went from media to NFL GM. Maybe we can go media to college football head coach. Uh, I mean, if it works, it works. You know, there's only one way to find out, to be honest. But I'm asking for a large price. Just a million dollars. Unless that uh, ferry comes around with that $150 million. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I also thought it was interesting, too. I was looking at Notre Dame's schedule. Their first game is against Ohio State on September 3rd, which is notable, obviously, because it's Ohio State and Notre Dame. That's a big game. Marcus Freeman also is from Ohio State. He was an Ohio State linebacker. I don't know if you've seen it, but a lot of people are even passing around the the, the clip, the screenshot of his, like, rivals. Uh, like 24-7 page, yeah. Yeah, he might be one of the first coaches to where this, this service was around for him, Yeah, which is kind of cool. A couple things about it. He does not look 18 years old. Not at all. Like, if I was a high school player, let's say I'm a quarter or a center, because like, that's what I actually played. And I look up before snapping the ball, and I see that dude standing in front of me, I ain't blocking him. I love those memes. He's going to run right through me. It's not like it's not even going to be an attempted block. It's going to be an attempted murder on him because I'm toast. This kid spends his you know Fridays, he gets out of Algebra 2, gets on the bus, and then he sees – Marcus Freeman standing across from him. <laughs> yeah. now, that's another one that we have to look back at. Back, man, you were a high school player. And you, he was listed. I, I saw the screenshot. 6'2", 240. Now, he didn't go to the little podunk high school that we did. Yeah. Because that would have made him the biggest kid on the field. <laughs> but still, you're looking at a grown man, a middle linebacker there. It is cool to see. I do. I like Marcus Freeman. I hope that he does a really good job. I hope I didn't come off as like a – not a fan of Marcus Freeman. I really, I hope he's successful. Yeah. And with the way that the players and the fan base is kind of rallying around him, it is, it is kind of cool to see. see. And, and, you know, a lot of people immediately threw his name out there, like, this is the guy we want. Now, yeah. um, if you always listen to the fans, sometimes you end up sitting with them. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with Notre Dame, with Tommy Reese, with Marcus Freeman. I kind of hope it works out. That's a heck of a line right there. If you listen to the fans, you might end up sitting with them. Yeah, I didn't come. That's not my line. I know, I know. That's good. That's another good one. But it's very true. I mean, even like I go back to the Miami Hurricane days. Yeah. Oh, that whole fan base, all the players, they wanted Larry Coker to take over. And they're like, just let us run our thing. Let us do it for one more year. We'll win a national championship. We'll be set up for future success. They won the national championship. Then it all fell apart. Why? Because he wasn't a good coach. <laughs> there it is. He, he was too old, and he, he really he just anyone could have. I could have went in there and coached Miami as like a thirteen-year-old kid. They would have won the national championship. That was one of the best college football teams ever. They didn't even need a coach. They just needed somebody to tell them when to get on the bus. That's it. Pretty much like Coach O at LSU, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot like that. But uh, another thing to watch for now is what's going to happen with Luke Fickle. What's going to happen with Matt Campbell? No, those. I mean, those were the two hot names all season long. Yeah, of these are going to be the guys that jump and get another big job. But now we've seen guys just kind of recycle through. And I don't know. I, I think that Luke Fickle is probably going to have to stay 
at Cincinnati. I don't know that there are going to be many big programs. I mean, there's only one left. It's Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma. So my thought with that is with Fickle and Campbell, is it going to be a mistake if they don't leave? I, I think that they will be fine. And with Matt Campbell, he's had so many opportunities to leave, and he hasn't. With Luke Fickle, he's losing so much of that team. Yeah, but I feel like the same thing kind of with Matt Campbell because he had so many like upperclassmen that were you know captains of the team and that are now done. So like I could see before it was like, hey, don't want to leave. Like these are my guys. Right. But now if your guys are gone. I think Iowa State might be set up for better success next year than Cincinnati, though. Because even Iowa State, they're going to probably lose Brock Purdy. Maybe he comes back for another year. He technically could. But they have a better quarterback behind him. They've still got some talent. I don't know. But I think both of them were really set up nicely to leave this year because a lot of their players were leaving this year. Yeah. With Cincinnati, so many guys came back. For this one year, they took advantage of that fifth or sixth year on campus. And I, I mean, hopefully it works out for them. I think if they you know, make some noise in the college football playoffs, they won't regret it. And with Fickle, I don't think he will either. I, I love that he's taking a run with these guys. But there is, you know, a little bit of like a maybe, maybe I should have went somewhere last year. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, uh, you know, both of them, maybe they're in it for the Oklahoma job. Yeah, you know, maybe with Luke Fickle, I, th- I do think Oklahoma's going to take their time. I know, uh, I know uh, what was it, like yesterday, two days ago, everybody was like, oh, it's Brent Venables. And then they had their press conference, and it's like, nope, we're actually we're going to wait this thing out. So it still could happen for Luke Fickle. I don't know if it will. I don't know if that's a good spot for him. I don't, I don't think that I want him to go to Oklahoma because I do think he's a really good coach. Yeah, that's my concern. It's like, of course, Oklahoma's going to get it. Not necessarily a new guy, but a guy that comes in and has experience building the program, and not that you need to build anything in Oklahoma, but just kind of keep it going. It's like, son yeah. of a gun, like, just give us a break. Just and, give you know, us I, a chance, us as in Texas. I, I agree with everything that Bob Stoops was saying the other day, though. That, like, that, that program is bigger than any one man. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a lot like the LSU job, to where it doesn't matter really who's coming through there. You're going to be successful, mm-hmm. which, which really sucks because you and I are both Texas fans. And every year we get to watch Oklahoma just be successful. And they haven't had much coach turnover there. Uh, right, even really for me, I'm a little bit older than you. The only, the only two coaches I really remember for OU are Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley. Yeah. So they'll probably hit it out of the park with their next hire as well. And even if it is a guy like Brent Venables, like he could probably recruit pretty well. I know his players at Clemson loved him. They also love Dabo Sweeney, though. So we'll see. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing here is like. You're right, because Oklahoma probably is just going to have a guy come in, and they're going to be really good, and we're going to have to sit here and look at Texas once again and go, why can't you guys do this? How can you have all this money? How can you be worth so much? Have all this hope to everybody and then still not do it. And then you got this Oklahoma Norman just taking care of business. Yeah, it's sad to watch every year for us. It's very frustrating. People should definitely feel sorry for us. Uh, another guy that I think – Needs talked about this offseason is Nick Saban and what's going to happen with him. There are a lot of coaches getting a lot of money. I know with Brian Kelly, there were rumors that he was going to be making $15 million a year. And maybe that's with incentives. I, I saw more around, like, I think, 9-5. So that he was going to be getting paid about as much as Coach O was. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Lincoln Riley is making at USC, but it sounds like it's probably around 12. 
Nick Saban's, Nick Saban's agent should probably be calling Alabama and be like, hey, you know my guy's not the most expensive coach in college football, right? Because he needs to be. Do you think as an agent they can just say that? Or is it going to be like, a, I think if you're Nick, hey, Saban's Nick Saban's agent, interested in the Oklahoma job. And it's like, <laughs> oh, we got to pay this guy. I mean, he flirted with Texas a couple of years ago. Yeah, I wish he would have just sealed the deal. Were you a big fan around that time? Yeah. Oh, I was aware. I wasn't around you guys, but I was telling all my other friends. Five years ago? Yeah. I was just like, hey, uh, Nick Saban to Texas. We'll be back. I was flight tracking. Were you really? I was that invested. Okay. I didn't know that was a thing, to be honest. I didn't know people. I don't know. I still don't know how you can really do that. Yeah. Because that's impressive. It's kind of creepy, honestly, but it's kind of cool. Well, people were keeping track of his wife, too, and being like, she's in Austin this weekend. She's looking for houses. That's how... She was. They, it got that. And close. I bought in all of it. I I'm a skeptic for most things. That's the one that got me. I was so bought in. Like, yes, Miss Terry is in town. He's looking for houses, and Nick Saban is coming here. I was like sharing and tweeting memes and stuff about Nick Saban being at Texas. I was excited about it. Do you have any idea how close it actually was? I mean, because if she's in Austin looking at houses. I don't even know if that part was true, but I do think that it got pretty close to happening a couple years ago. But even at the time, I mean, shoot, I think it was like five years ago or longer. Yeah. The talk was, uh, no, he's too old to rebuild the program. He could have done it. Could have. It would not have taken long. I bet it would have taken him two years. It would have been. One down year. It would be amazing. My life would be even better than what it is right now. I, got a I would good be life. insufferable. Oh, like if, if Texas were doing what Alabama was doing right now, I would lose all my friends. I'd be the cocky son of a bitch in the world. Uh, all those people that hate Texas, and I get there's a lot of them, you would not be able to talk to me. <laughs> it would be so bad. Sorry, what was that? I can't hear you over the championships that Texas is winning. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk football? Yeah, let's talk Texas. No, man. We were talking NFL. Like, please just stop. Like, no, no, no. You can't talk about the NFL without talking about the place that gives them all the talent, <laughs> and that's the University of Texas. But I do want to. <clears throat> Probably not Nick Saban, but Nick Saban's agent. Or even like a guy like Kirby Smart. If he wins a national title, and you've got guys making a lot more money than he is, you probably need to revisit that contract and look at it and and see what's going on there. Because both those guys have their programs at the top. Like Jim Harbaugh, he's not getting a raise. He played this year on a lower contract. Yeah, he just signed like a a minimum deal. It was like, okay, hey, we'll actually – take some of your money away because this isn't working out and if it gets even worse you're probably fired michigan's feeling real good about that right now yeah that was I a great see, decision that was a um, great motivation tactic it was like we're gonna take your money away you better win yeah there's a lot of pressure on him this yeah. year yeah and i that ohio state win alone saved his job I, it, doesn't it doesn't matter oh it's still there for another two years for sure they, they could lose to iowa they could lose their bowl game they could get blown out in the college football playoff. It doesn't matter. He's he's saved his job for another year or two at Michigan. But I don't think he'll get a raise. But I did see that all his incentives that he's getting this year for, like, <laughs> there's a beat Ohio State incentive. Uh, he's giving back to um, other faculty members that took a pay cut, Yeah, which is nice. That might throw in another year of him getting to stay there no matter what happens. This guy, is, he cares about us. He's a Michigan man. Yeah, through and through. Um, as much as I think he's probably overrated and a bad coach, that's a very nice move. I will, I will call it out when you do something positive. Do you think he's a bad coach? I don't think he's a bad coach. He's not as good of a coach as everybody thinks he is. Right. Like, I think that people now have an accurate view of who Jim Harbaugh is. Is he like a top five college football coach? No. 
Is he a top 10? You know people are going to say that, though, if they go to the national championship game. Yeah, but they're not, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's that old saying about your aunt? If she, if, uh, if she had ball, she'd be my uncle. Exactly. That's yeah. Jim Harbaugh. Uh, if if he does this, but yeah, if do it first. Like, <laughs> okay. If he beats Ohio State, he'll keep his job. He's been on the hot seat for six years. <laughs> yeah. so, um, I don't know. Let's get to some of our great sponsors, though. Miners and Monroe, one of the best sponsors that we have. Go visit them at minersandmonroe.com. Use code MikeUp10. Save yourself 10% off. I, I know it's a local shop for us. Uh, you and I can just run over there, browse what they have, but don't worry. Go look at them. Check them out, minersandmonroe.com. A lot of great stuff in there for Christmas, more than just clothing, like I said. Uh, a lot of cool shoes, T-shirts, hats, watches, wallets, uh, like tattoo balm. Mm-hmm. Make those uh, tattoos look refreshed. I'm a Pop them up again? I'm a big tattoo guy. A lot of them are hidden. Um, tramp stamps. Do you have tattoos? Like that. Uh, seven of them. Wow. Lucky number seven. Mm-hmm. Are you going to add uh, any more or are you just going to stay seven? Oh, yeah. I'm going to add more. Nice. I'm yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to get? Uh, I think I'm going to get <laughs> I think I'm gonna get mom tattooed on my butt. So when I do a cartwheel, it's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Definitely you should do that. They also have a, a lot of beard oils. And yep. I know that maybe that's something you're interested in. Something I have. It works out great. Got this beard feeling nice and soft. I tell you to feel it, but that'd be weird. So you're just gonna have to take my word for it. Will do. Uh, next up, though, Gunspot. Be sure to visit them at gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserve auctions. That is the spot for you and your guns. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Make sure you're in a position to protect you and your family at gunspot.com. All right, let's get into some of these games this weekend because it is a beautiful weekend for games. It's championship week. One thing I do want to mention right off the bat, though. I love, I love that, that we're getting all of these games on Saturday. You get the SEC, ACC, Big 12, Big 10, <laughs> all of them. You just ran those off so, so fast. fast. It's not like it's one, one giant, giant, giant word. word. <laughs> Hit me with that again. So I'm like, why Hit are you me. laughing right now? What did I say? ACC, SEC, Big 10, Big 12, Pac-12. Uh, it just sounds like you're doing your ABCs and you have no it's idea because what SEC, order it actually ACC. is. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a cheer. It does. That's what just caught me off guard. Sorry. What is this guy doing? What did I do this time? (laughs) Sometimes I black out. But it's great that we have all these championship games. I miss when we did championship week last year. And it was like, okay, teams one and two are playing each other. Teams three and four are playing each other. Five, six, and so on. The fact that we're not doing that really pisses me off. Like, just, just change it. Just make it. Like, we did it all for 2020. Like, so don't tell me you can't do it. I watched you guys. I feel like change everything in like the spur of a moment last year. It could be done. I feel like everything that happened in 2020, like in a positive way of like, all right, this is like actually how we can do this and maneuver and schedule it. It's like that makes sense. Baseball, do that. Which we're going to talk about in the last segment was like, yeah, sure, everyone gets to have a DH. You want more teams in the playoffs? Sure, we're going to do that too. You want to put a runner on second extra innings? Let's do that, too. And then they just went away with all of it. Uh, same with college football. Like, they did the championship week. Mm-hmm. It should have kept it. And they didn't. Like, I hope the NBA does it, too, with the playoffs. The NBA has been the only one that's like, uh, yeah, you know what? That kind of worked for us. We're going to do it again. Yeah, State Farm sponsored it. A lot of money. We're going to keep it. Yeah. People were interested. That's why the NBA has the best run league. Like, they're just smart about it. Listening to their players. Adam Silver is not afraid to take chances. Like they're even talking about doing like in season tournaments and stuff mm-hmm. like that. 
they're not afraid to change. And they'll be like, no, 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 we don't do that. that. We, we don't change. change. We've been doing this for 150 years. What they years. did in 1890, we're still doing today. Well, Bob, those guys are all dead. Yeah. So Sorry, no one wants to watch 162 games. It's too much. Let's it bump is. that down a little bit. <laughs> let's bring back that asterisk and let's uh, play 155 or something <laughs> yeah. like that. No, but college football, I do want to see them bring back the championship week where everybody's playing. Even make it like a whole weekend thing. Start some, Start some games, games on Thursday night. night. I would do some Friday games, whatever. whatever. I mean, it, it kind of like what they did fun. last week for the th- you know the rivalry week, like right. all those big games. That would be nice. Uh, what game do you want to get into first, though? Let's do the Pac-12 game. It is a Friday night game, and it's also a rematch of Oregon versus Utah. Last time, uh, you and I were heavy on Utah. We were. We had nothing to back it up. It was a complete gut feeling, uh, all based on the uniforms and the hand-painted helmets. Uh, is a two and a half point favorite. What's going to make this one different? It's not in Utah. Uh, this game is going to be played in Vegas at the Raiders Stadium. It's five hours away for them. And they, Utah is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm taking Oregon to win this game. I think it's very tough to beat a team twice in one season, and they, they demolished Oregon 38-7. Yeah. to Embarrassed them. I don't think you're going to get that same result this time. I do think that Oregon has a little bit to play for here. Uh, trying to get to that Pac-12 championship, Mario Cristobal. That, that's another name to watch. Like, he might be leaving. Um, so keep an eye on that one, too. But I do think that this is just going to be too much for him this time. Beating them at home is one thing. When you're all hyped up about the uniforms. And, like, we circled that game on the schedule in August. So did everyone in Utah. That was, like, their Super Bowl. Trying to recapture that, I think, is going to be really tough. I think this one will probably be close. But I, but I do think Oregon wins. So I'm actually going to say that the, the atmosphere is there because it is in Vegas. It is in that new stadium. That's five hours away from Salt Lake where the Utah Utes play. And I think it is going to be an awesome atmosphere. I have a buddy who is a Utah fan. You know him, our guy Justin Trees. Talked to him last night, actually. And he's, he's worried, too, because, yeah, they embarrassed Oregon. You know what I mean? They completely demolished them, like we both said here just a little bit ago. But it's now one of those deals where let's go recapture, recapture that moment in, in Vegas, Vegas, you know, if we win this game, we get to go to the Rose Bowl, which is going to be awesome. As he said, that's why Utah, you know, that's why everyone's so excited for them to join the Pac-12, so they get an opportunity to play at the Rose Bowl in that game. And let's say Michigan loses or wins, but doesn't make the playoff for whatever happens, there's a possibility that like Utah gets to play in Ohio State or Michigan in the Rose Bowl, and that's an even bigger game against than Oregon. So I think Utah does realize that. I do think they capture this moment and they win. I'm that's, going for the Utes. That's one thing with uh, the Pac-12. They do care about playing in the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. Some of these other conferences, they don't really care about where they're going. Uh, the next one, though, is going to be another rematch, Baylor versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State obviously has a lot to play for. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I do think that they win this game. Uh, what they were able to do against Baylor early on in the season, this defense playing very well. I think this is a team that's almost – they're kind of peaking at the right time. They're coming off a great win against Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They're feeling very confident. They've already beat Baylor once this year. I do think Oklahoma State wins this game. I think they cover the spread, too. I think they are going to come out with so much confidence that they are going to be very difficult to beat. Um, again, looking at these championship games, this one going to be played at Jerry World, mm-hmm. uh, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. But I do think Oklahoma State wins this game with uh, everything with the college football playoff. They are, they're still right in it. Like Baylor, like Baylor yeah, they, they've got a chance, but I just 
Another, Another gut, gut feeling here. I think Oklahoma State wins it. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. The main reason is just because the amount of yards that Baylor allows. I mean, they just they're allowing almost 400, almost 350 yards, while Oklahoma State's allowing less than 300. That is huge in terms of what your defense can do. I do have a quick question for you though. When Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State last week, do you think the flag should have been thrown there at the end? Because I had a lot of people this last week be like, "Yo, what were your thoughts on this game?" I was like, "Yeah, it probably should have been a flag, but I'm glad it wasn't because I didn't want Oklahoma to win." But I'm the biggest, like, a game is not a water lost on one play. Yeah. So should there have been a flag? Sure. But, I mean, you could go look at countless other options or plays when there should have been a flag. Either way, I will tell you this. You don't make it to that level of refereeing with bias. To where you're like, oh, no, I like this team. I want this team to win. They they won't do it. It's, it's impossible. So there's never like, oh, I want this team to win, so I'm going to ignore that call. Yeah. Yes, get fired. <laughs> Just right there on the spot. Uh, so I don't think that's the case. I, I There should have been a flag called probably. But also at the end of the game, so many people have bias. Because if you're like rooting for Oklahoma State, you'll be like, oh, got to let them play. Don't throw that flag. Keep it in your pocket at the end of the game. But if you wanted Oklahoma to win, you'll say like, oh, you have to throw that flag at the end of the game. So I think with those things, it's confirmation bias. Yeah, that's all that it is. So now, should there have been a flag? Probably, but honestly, I don't really care. If you're relying on that to win a game, you should have lost it anyway. Yeah, I mean that, that's a good point. Let's get into this next game though: Georgia versus Alabama. Uh, a big one. Pretty big deal here. This game. It is going to be in Atlanta, I believe. Um, so. That's going to be an amazing stadium. We know that we've been there. We've got to see this game, actually. Georgia versus LSU a couple years ago when LSU was having a tremendous season. But this matchup has so many implications on Alabama. In my opinion, making the college football playoff, you said earlier, you don't think it really matters. But with this game, Georgia's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. And if Alabama's offensive line plays like it did last week against Auburn, Georgia is going to kill them. Yeah, I, Georgia's just so good right now. And I've had to eat my words a lot. On Georgia this year, but that defense is so good. I do really worry about their offense and to see what happens with them and and how they play. I, I talked about it earlier. They don't even know like they're going to play at quarterback. So Alabama is like, oh, we're preparing to see both these quarterbacks. I think that with those quarterbacks, it's not like a big game changer. They're both going to come in. They're going to manage the offense. They're going to run the ball. So I don't think it's that big of a deal on who plays. But I do think that Georgia is going to win this game. And I can't believe I'm picking against Alabama. Um, I'll take Alabama to cover the spread. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be a very good game. I think if we're all being honest with each other, this is the national championship. Yeah. These are the two best teams in college football right now. I'm taking Georgia to win it. I'm also looking at that over-under that's at 49-and-a-half. I'm going to take the under. I think both defenses are very good. I don't think we're going to see a lot of points scored. I think it's going to be pretty similar to what we saw with Georgia and Clemson. It's like, oh, my God, these teams can't score. That's because the defenses are great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm taking the under, but I'm also taking Georgia to win, Alabama to cover for all of our betting fans out there. I mean, you've done talked me into the same thing because, I mean, that just makes sense because Georgia doesn't have a solidified quarterback that scares you as a defense for Alabama. Yes, they have the running game, but at the same time, Alabama – there's enough time on that defense to slow it down or keep it neutralized in a sense. And Alabama, yes, they have the quarterback. We know that Bryce Young can sling the ball all over the yard. But Georgia's defense and secondary, there's so much experience there and so many NFL draft prospects that we're going to see in the NFL in the next couple of years. 
that kind of just neutralizes that as well. So I, I'm right there with you on this being the under. Uh, let's get into this next game, though, Houston versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati doesn't have a choice but to win this game. Some people might hear that and be like, well, no, duh, Austin. They have to. I was like, yeah, because if they lose this game or if they're close, I have a feeling that kind of probably knocks them out of the playoff. Like if Houston plays them close in this matchup and Alabama loses, I think that could be the team that kind of bumps them out and another team slides in. Yeah, they probably need a convincing win here. They're a ten and a half point favorite. Uh, but I don't think they can do what they did a couple weeks ago, you know, where they were playing teams like it was like Tulsa close. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, that wasn't a big enough win. Or when they played, uh, they had a run there. I don't remember who it was, like Navy. It's like, oh, you played Navy too close. So we'll see what happens with Houston. Uh, I think that's a good American conference team. I don't think they're better than Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati wins this one pretty easily. I would even think that Luke Fickle has these guys motivated and uh, knowledgeable of the situation. We need a big win here. Winning by three isn't good enough. Winning by seven isn't good enough. We need a very big, convincing win. I think they get it over Houston. They're just too good of a football team. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you on this. This Cincinnati has to do that. They have to take care of business. Uh, Why don't you lead us into that Michigan-Iowa game? This one, it's a little sneaky worried about. I, for some reason, I am too. Like, I'm oh, worried you know that Michigan's happens. rolling real high. And plus, the fact that I deemed myself a Michigan fan yesterday because we both know the Texas season is over. It was like, well, this is what's going to happen to me. This is what I'm going to get. Because I'm going to be talking all the smack from Michigan. I rocked this hoodie in sixth grade. It's my favorite hoodie. I had a gut feeling they're going to be Ohio State this year. They did. Then I was going to come in and be like, we're just going to pound the rock, and you guys aren't going to stop it. See ya. I was. I think they're going to play spoiler here. I don't know. I'm going to get crazy. I'm going to take Iowa to win this game. I think Michigan won their Super Bowl when they beat Ohio State. I do think that, obviously, they're still like very focused on the season. But they're riding real high right now. Yeah. And I think Iowa and Kirk fans, I think they do. They're going to pride themselves on beating Michigan and also just playing spoiler. They're, I think they're excited about that possibility. They're not just rolling in to the Big Ten championship and thinking like, oh, well, you know, this is Michigan. We're going to lose. I'm going to take Iowa to win outright. They are an 11-point dog. I don't care. I'm taking Iowa. This is another thing to where the Iowa defense is good, so I can see them matching up with the Michigan offense. They, I think they will be able to stop the run better than Ohio State. I don't know what they're going to do on offense hey, with those pass rushers that Michigan has. Just good luck scoring points. Mm-hmm. I think this could be like a 14-17 Iowa win, though. You know what? I'm going to trust Michigan. The, the yeah. difference I've said with them this year is that they can run the ball. We know that. Shoot, we saw it last week against Ohio State. They also have a quarterback, an okay. He can deliver when need to, when he needs to. <laughs> you think so? So I think he's going to be able to this week. Oh. This is going to be his game. Where it's like, all right, hey, running back toward up last week, five touchdowns. My turn to shine. I'm believing in myself. Yep, that's exactly. who I'm believing in. I'm taking the Wolverines. <laughs> and I don't. I still don't know what noise they make. I forgot to look that up. <laughs> what was but, it they did yesterday? Yeah, he probably couldn't hear with the mic. That's just an assumption. <laughs> I see my guy Kale's in here. He can make some great noises. By the way, last I want to know what his game is. Uh, is the Pitt Panthers versus the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. This is like, it's really cool to see these teams make it to the ACC championship game. But at the same time, like it feels so weird that Clemson's not in this thing. <laughs> They're not. And so like, like I don't uh, even like, honestly, I don't care about this. Game. Yeah. Like, like this game's at like, seven o'clock ooh, on Saturday night. Like, Wake oh, Forest. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> this is background noise for everybody reacting to the other games. Like, 
the Georgia-Alabama game is going to end, and then for the next three hours, people will still be talking about that and then be like, oh, yeah, Pitt and Waker. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Where's two gloves, Kenny? Oh, he played okay? Sweet. See him over Yeah, it, Pitt is a three-point favorite. I think I'm going to take them to win, but that, that's not like a real sexy or exciting game for me. <laughs> I mean, and the fact that it's like a 15 for 16 matchup as well. They're like, bam, bam, neck and neck, and, and you're playing the Champions Conference Championship game. I'm going to take Pitt just because I have no interest in this game other than that. Yeah. Uh, we do have NFL games tonight, though, uh, which are going to be very exciting. I always forget they sneak up on me on a Thursday night, um, but a great Thursday night spot for you is Club 609. Go check them out. Uh, home to one of the greatest happy hours in the world, starting at 2 p.m., running until 8 p.m. with their great two-for-one drink specials. Again, that's Club 609 right here in Joplin, Missouri. Yeah, next up is going to be Downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. Mark Edder and the guys pride themselves on getting you in and out as quickly as possible right here in Joplin, Missouri on down, on Main Street and 1st, downtownlube.com. Yeah, and like I said, NFL games tonight, too. The Thursday night game always sneaks up on me. This one's surprisingly good because, like I've said a million times, in my brain, the Saints are still a good football team because Sean Payton is still there. I don't know if they actually are, but tonight they host the Dallas Cowboys. And one thing that's getting a lot of attention, Taysom Hill going to start at quarterback for the Saints. I I get it. I mean, you're paying this guy. you got to find out what he can do at quarterback. Yeah. The fact that Trevor Simeon even got – looks at quarterback i think should tell you a lot about how they view Taysom hill as a quarterback and that's what i said last year too though when they were like oh yeah Taysom hill is gonna be our starting quarterback moving forward and they didn't play Jameis. and then we come into this season mm-hmm. and then Jameis gets the gig and it's like well what about Taysom? because like even before the season started they offered him that huge deal but it had all those other and then signed him to an extension exactly and so now he gets like the guaranteed money which is still a ton but like i don't think it's going to work out a quarterback but at the same time like can it work out enough to beat dallas i don't think so like, I think this is just going to be, honestly, a shit show, and I think Dallas is going to win this game. Yeah, and another thing that's interesting about this one, um, the quarterback situation, yeah, obviously, like, oh, Taysom Hill. Uh, the Saints are also going to be without Alvin Kamara. He's not playing tonight. They're going to be without uh, Armstead, their left tackle. Oh, wow. Yikes. Also going to be without Ramchak, their right tackle. Michael Parsons is going to kill. He just waved the white flag here. Taysom's going to get murdered. Like, hey, thanks for signing this contract. Now your life's done. <laughs> we don't really want to hurt Trevor Simeon, so we're going to roll with Taysom Hill. I mean, honestly, though, like we've already watched, you know, Simeon get his ankle snapped in half, so we don't want to see that with him again. But like Michael Parsons single handling almost beat the Chiefs, like because like creating turnovers, getting to them, stalling drives. If that offense would have been able to produce or had some weapons, I do have a feeling Dallas probably wins that game because of Micah Parsons on the defensive side of the ball. So like you said, he's going to absolutely wreck Cavett. Now I wonder how many interceptions Diggs has because Taysom Hill is going to be like trying to run away. I think he's quick enough to kind of keep some distance there or get away to throw the football. But then you got Diggs as well in the back that you're going to have to worry about picking the ball off. Yeah. like We've talked about him a ton before. He's a ball hawk. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's going to kill you as a, Saint, as a Cowboys fan. Sometimes, Sometimes you're going to think he's the greatest corner in the world. It just, it's kind of week-to-week play to play with him. But I do think that he's aggressive enough that he can make plays. And that's such a good young duo with him and Micah Parsons. And I think Micah Parsons is one of the best defensive players in the league. And I don't mean defensive players. I don't mean young players. His ability to play the way that he is. I mean, let's remember, he was a middle linebacker at Penn State for three years. 
He was drafted to play middle linebacker. And then the Cowboys get hurt. They get a little banged up. And then, boom, he's one of the best pass rushers that there is. I'm starting over my word here, but that's crazy to think about, that you can go from linebacker to edge rusher and be just as good, if not better. Yep. Now, my question with it is, does he eventually go back to linebacker when Lawrence comes back? I think that he turns into more of a hybrid player than we've ever seen before. To where, you know, if it's an obvious rundown, he's playing linebacker. If there's a chance that they might throw the ball, which for the most part in the NFL, we're throwing the football now, he's a pass rusher. I mean, first and third down, pass rush. Second and short, linebacker. <laughs> yeah, like, he's just he's crazy out there. Um, I am taking the Cowboys to win this game tonight. I, I think that they get a little bounce back. Again, with the Saints, not sure if they're good, but right now they're really banged up. You've got a new quarterback in there. you got just so much other stuff going. So I do think that... Um, the Cowboys win this game tonight. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. I think they're just going to take care of business. It's going to be a blowout, so I'm rolling with Dallas. Yeah, and one last thing that I did want to get to today is the Major League Baseball lockout, uh, which is tragic, but it's something I think we also saw coming. Uh, when you look at the the relationship there between the owners and the players, this might be one of the worst ones in the entire league. Sorry, in the entire entirety of pro sports to where they just hate each other. They're not working together. We saw this coming even as of last year. So I do think that this is uh, going to be different. And maybe we see it change. Maybe we don't. Uh, maybe we see games missed, but I, I don't know. But it's not great. I know that. And a couple of the changes that they want on both sides, when you look at what the players want, you look at what the owners want, it seems so simple at times, but it's not for some reason. But Major League Baseball, they have the service rule to where you have to play for six years and then you can hit free agency. And I, I just don't know if that's ever going to change. I know that there's talk about wanting to change it to five years. I love that. And I think that's the way that it should be. But I don't know that the owners are going to be on board with that. But that is something that I hope does get changed. We're seeing some of these players hit free agency now. And you have to wait so long in your career, which is nice for us as Royals fans. But at the same time, you see some of these other fan bases. It really doesn't seem fair that you're getting control over where a guy gets to play for sometimes six, seven years with the way that uh, all this works out for Major League Baseball. So with this lockout, I have a couple questions for you because I'm not as invested with this or really understand how it works in terms of baseball. And I do wonder if a lot of other people here in the room are wondering the same thing. But like, how long will this go on? Like, is this something that you're concerned with right now since it is December and like kind of give it a little bit more time for them to kind of figure it out? Is this a time to worry just because it's a lockout or is it like one of those deals like, okay, if we get into February, you know, in March then it's like, okay, let's worry. Cause it's going to be affecting everything, you know, everyone reporting and getting back and ready to play ball. I think the great thing about baseball, like we talked about earlier is the season so damn long anyway, that if they miss a couple games, I'm not going to be too upset about it. But there is a part of me that when the weather gets nice, I need baseball. When I get into March and it's spring training time or it's April and it's nice outside, you get that spring weather, it signifies baseball for me. So I, I hope that they don't miss games, but I, I think this could be a situation where, where they do. They, they get a late start on the season. We, we saw it last year in 2020. They could not get any kind of an agreement going to where they even said, yeah, you know, um, the commissioner had to implement the 60-game season because they couldn't agree on anything. So I do think that there's going to be probably a lockout is what they're calling it right now. I do think that maybe they miss a couple games this season just because they can't agree on anything. It sucks, but 
Uh, I think that's going to be what happens. Did they miss a couple games early on in the season or they push it back, they push spring training back. And it, I think it's going to be a lot like the 2020 season where they probably don't play 60 games, but I, I don't think they play 162 either. Yeah. So with this, and is the main argument is it just strictly between the owners and like the players association for baseball. Like what, like what's the main lockout? Of? Yeah. I think a lot of it is about that service time. Players want paid more and, not so much the top end players. They're getting paid as we've seen this off season, but I, I do think that <laughs> they want some of those mid tier guys getting paid. I, I won't claim to be the expert on baseball. I, I follow it pretty closely. We talk about it enough here, but uh, it just seems like the, the owners don't want to give on anything. And so we'll see. I know there was talk of draft lottery. I think it's cool. I think that baseball should take this opportunity and say like, okay, what sucks about major league baseball? Let's change it. Here's our opportunity. Uh, to take a chance on some things and do it. I love 2020 when they did make changes and they were a little bit aggressive. Now I hope they do. Um, I, I would like to see the service time change from six years to five years. I want to see more teams in the playoffs. I like it. I, I think a team gets a buy, more teams get in. It should be fine. I'm also kind of in favor for a draft lottery or just changing the draft somehow. I don't think you're ever going to end tanking, but I do want to see the draft changed somehow in Major League Baseball. Are you for a universal oh, DH? Oh hell well? yeah! Uh, I don't I don't know why anybody would be against it. More payers, players get paid. It's good for the sport. It's fun to watch. I am sorry, I don't want to see Madison Bumgarner up in the ninth inning hitting. I, I want to see an actual guy who's hitting all the time. Uh, if you're a good enough hitter, do it like Shohei Otani does. If not, sit your ass on the bench and wait to come back in and pitch. I don't need you out there. <laughs> I get it. I'm right there with you, but <laughs> oh man, it would be nice to have like, you know, you get into the end of a game there and you don't have, it's not like a pitcher comes up and you're pretty much thinking as a fan of that team going, well, this is pretty much an automatic out. It would be nice to have a solidified batter in there. It's like, you still have a chance to win this game and, you know, get runners on base and moving. Yeah, I, I think so too, but we'll see what happens with that. But uh, that that's pretty much it for us today. We appreciate you guys joining us again uh, on the call in app. I love doing this here. Uh, with our great sponsors from the call-in app and all the guys that are in the room with us. But that's it for me and Big Country today. Don't forget about our great sponsor here too, Mid-America RV. To end the show, uh, go check them out. Uh, Sorry, Roper Kia. Go look at their inventory. If they don't have what you're looking for, they will help you find it. Uh, That's where all my vehicles come from. And if you use the name Miked Up, tell them we sent you. They'll give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Big Country and I will be right back tomorrow, same time, 10 a.m. Central, Uh, doing this again. We thank you guys for joining us today.